<laughs> we have recorded this podcast for the third time now because of audio issues. And I want to start off by thanking Crystal for taking the time to um, be here for the third time re-recording this with me. It wasn't for, audio issues. It was me slowly moving away from because she was worried. She was worried about being too close and and no. But to be honest, like the tech, like I said in the episode before, the tech stuff is just like it's so hard for me to to navigate. But anyways, we're here and I'm really excited. We got it. I think. And I want to introduce everybody to Crystal Valdivia. Hello. I went to beauty school with Crystal. That's where I met her. Um, we went to Aveda together. We worked our very first salon job together mm-hmm. and here we are now. How many, when, what year was that? 2013 is when I met you, right? Cause no. 2014 we graduated. No, it was 2014 we met and then 2015 we graduated. we graduated. Okay. Yes. So because I graduated high school 2014 and then like a month later I was in beauty school. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. I know. So it's been 10 years. Gosh, man. And I feel like we've, I don't feel like we have been together throughout this whole journey, which mm-hmm. is just so awesome. Yeah, it is. That's and really so cool to think about. We've kind of been in every place with each other, even though our stories are different, mm-hmm. a lot is similar. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Crystal, who are you? What is like, what, what who are you? Where have you been? Like, what is, tell me everything. Everything? Yeah. Up to, so start from. You graduated high school and then just kind of, you know, who are you? How did you know you want to do hair? That kind of a thing. Just a little rundown about who you are. Okay. My name is Crystal Valdivia. I'm 27 years old and I think I always knew I wanted to be a hairdresser at least since middle school. That's for sure. And then after that, it was always kind of in me. Um, My cousin worked at a really beautiful salon and so when I would go with my mom to her appointments um it was an Aveda salon so it smelled really really good in there Mm -hmm. and it was just beautiful and every time we would go in I would look around and I'd be like I would love to work at a place like this and just have beauty around me all the time good smells around me all the time and like smells so good yeah and I know how I felt when I would the, you know, the times that I would get my hair done and I would leave, it's like the best feeling ever. Oh yeah. And I wanted to just be in that. That's all I knew. And so when I was in high school, I asked my cousin, you know, she went to a different beauty school. She didn't actually go to Aveda, but she told me, um, when I asked her, she told me, if you're going to go to any beauty school, go to Aveda. Um, she felt that 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 was the best, at least in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what I did. I applied my senior year of high school. And a month after I graduated, I was in beauty school. And I just always felt and knew that that's where I needed to be. I never felt like I should be doing anything else. It's just still to this day. And so awesome. thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not everyone's story, but and I'm the exception. So like yeah. people who are getting switching careers later in life or think they want to go into the beauty industry, like just know that that's not, I don't think that's normal. I think I just, 
you have just like knew. a God-given purpose. Like you're supposed to be a hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's awesome. I think I am. I love it still. <laughs> yeah. That's good because yeah. a lot of people get burnout, especially yeah. like you're an independent stylist. So it's easy to feel kind of like, you know, burnt out from it. For sure. Um, before we go there, what is your favorite hair product right now? My favorite hair product right now, I think because I use it every single on every single client is Paul Mitchell Super Skinny Serum. Wow. Dude, and last, it's just tried and true. Uh-huh. Like, the, the last guest that I just did right now was like, I found this serum and I just love it. It was that one? It was the skinny. And and wow. she was like, before she could even like finish describing it, I'm like, it's skinny serum. And she was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Uh-huh. And like every time I put it on my client or, well, anybody really, like they're like, that smells so good. Yeah. Where, what is that? It, and then the I show smell, them, man. yes. And I'm like, I bet you, your mom had this at uh-huh. some time. It's a tried and, and true. Like, yeah. yeah. It's an oldie, but a goodie for sure. They're like, I definitely think my mom had that. And I'm like, she mm-hmm. did. My mom did. And still to this day, it's just so good. It, yeah. the way it like doesn't leave your hair, um, heavy, it smells amazing. It's a good heat protectant and it like controls oh, it's, frizz. It's, it's heat protectant. Yes. Wait. I didn't know that. Just use it on everyone, dude. It's so good. I cocktail you, it with other products, but that's like my base. Do you use it on wet hair? Yes. And dry hair? You can. Do you use it like as a finishing? No. It's very heavy and it'll tell you on the back. It's very concentrated. So I max, I'll put three pumps in someone's hair, but that's mm-hmm. if their hair is extremely thick. Okay. I normally do one to two. Okay. You good to know. You probably could finish I just don't ever put oil in somebody's hair. Like, okay, so I use the Sebastian dark oil a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's Sebastian, but it's not a heat protectant. That's not a heat protectant. Yeah. So I use the I use Sebastian dark oil and I use the uh, Wella Lux oil. Those are my two primary oils. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll use Moroccan oil. Those are always last, always as a finish. Those are definitely finishing products. Definitely a finished product. Um, because okay, so yours is. That's like a serum that you would use before while the hair is damp. It's amazing. You feel like it gets through the hair pretty good. You don't feel like it's... Oh my gosh. It's so slippery, like in the best way. And if someone needs like a lot more moisture, I just mix in like... uh, I love Pureology Color Fanatic. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, And sometimes I'll cocktail those two together and it's like just magic. It does everything. And then if they need hairspray, you know, it's... a case by case yeah situation i uh with the skinny serum i just remember experiencing it at a young age i don't use yeah. it in salon but you never forget the smell and then no. every time i go to cosmoprov i'm like oh, i gotta like go by and take a little whiff of it yes i should bring it in the salon though and use it okay cool you will get you will get get a visceral response from people Ooh, yeah <laughs> well it. yeah i my response mm-hmm. even smelling it is good so mm-hmm. okay so we already talked about what beauty school you're going to and that was my next question um or that you had gone to okay so what did you do after beauty school after beauty school i did um i had a couple interviews with different salons and then ended up um at a small downtown salon with you. So that was really cool. It was so awesome. At the time, what it was, it was amazing. That experience. Well, okay. We had just gotten back from New York Fashion Week. Yes. Not too long before Before getting hired on. Yeah. Uh Before we graduated and before getting hired on at the salon. And so we were craving that 
like downtown city experience city yeah experience exactly and working at the downtown location was that was it. just that for us totally it was like it completely fulfilled that temporary need totally. to be in that atmosphere yeah. yeah and it was kind of like it was local so that was really cool to me too yeah. um you know mom and pop I guess all salons are local but growing up seeing you know supercuts and Regis salons yeah. and Tony and Guy having a a smaller local locally owned salon was was really appealing to me it mm-hmm. still is it yeah. still is so yeah I worked there for five years and then went off independent yeah and so why did you choose to go off independent a lot of reasons but mostly because after after five years in a commission salon you learn what you like and you learn what you don't like. And by that time, I had a very solid clientele. And through your, because you went independent before me, and through like watching you and Jasmine kill it and just have more of a work-life balance, um, I knew that I wanted that for myself because at the time in that salon, um, we were seeing multiple clients at a time because we had assistants and and interns and that was normal for me but i think i was headed towards burnout and my body and mind could feel it yeah so i knew i needed to make a shift and um just also to be able to control your own environment with how it looks how it sounds how it feels everything and create that client experience um, is very, very important to me because at the salon we were at, because we were seeing multiple clients at a time, I did feel like my, um, maybe my service value felt just a little bit lower because I was stressing to get people done. And I know clients can feel that. Yeah. I know clients can feel that you're rushed. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. They're like, but I wanted you to shampoo me. Like yes. I wanted, I was handing I my clients pr- off to get shampooed, even to get yeah. glossed sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't feel right to me yep. anymore. I agree. So to give my clients that experience is, was like the main driving force, of course, work-life balance, of course, making my own schedule and all of that. But just to, I think, have the control. I think at that time I'm like, okay, I am an independent person probably because I'm an only child, but I'm naturally an independent person. So this just seemed like right up my alley. And it was, it's the right choice for me now. So do you feel like now that you're in a room by yourself, how do you feel about double booking? Because sometimes it's like, you're here, now you're paying rent, you're paying for your own product. Mm -hmm. You want to make the most of your time in here. Do Do you feel like you can double book? And do you double book? I feel like I can definitely double book, but speaking to my clients and having conversations with them, I know and I can see how much they appreciate having one-on-one time with me Mm -hmm. and having their own complete service time to themselves. It's like, it's so, that's more important to me than filling in my time, um, like stacking and filling in my time. Because I feel like the value is there when 
you know, when they're processing and I step out for a little bit, maybe to do laundry or have a snack or whatever. And they just have that true moment of silence and quiet to themselves. Yeah. With my lo-fi music in their playing, I know that they, they enjoy that because they've told me. That's great. So that right so now good. I probably won't double book. I don't think I have the space for it at the moment. Mm-hmm. So just having one client at a time works really good for me and my clients. That's good. That's cool that you have, well, the option to do it. You know yes. what I mean? You can do whatever you want. If yes. at any point you feel like, you know what, I do want to, you know, stack a client in there or somebody really needs to get in at that yes. time or maybe, you know, aside from friends want to come in mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, whatever. So yeah, that's good. I'll always ask if, if there's someone that needs, you know, it's an emergency or whatever, um, there's always the times I will double book though. I will say, I just thought of this, like when, when I have a mom and daughter, client, yeah, those are always yeah those kinds of appointments, but that's comfortable for them because they know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's someone that, you know, there's an issue or they are very, they have a time sensitive, um, event, I will always ask my clients, Hey, I have someone that needs this and this. Is it Okay. If I see them in between you, you can totally say no, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I always ask them first um, because that's rare. That's super rare, but that's their time. Yeah. So I have to ask them first. Yeah. Um, well, this isn't like a question that I, that I uh, wrote down, but have you ever been like, I don't know. Have you ever been like um, stuck in the room? Because now you're like off on your own, mm-hmm. okay? And like there's people down the hallway. Uh-huh. But have you ever been stuck in a room, in your room with somebody that you're just like, God, like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. Now. Has that happened to you yet? Yes. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like having the freedom to be like, you know what? This business relationship just isn't working out. Um, and you, I'm the boss. I don't have to check with anybody else. Like, yes, it's not working out. So see ya never. It was actually a male client that I had. I don't do, I don't do very many men's cuts. Right. Like two, that's it. Yeah. Same, which is amazing that we can choose to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just a situation where I felt uncomfortable. And after that I took men's haircuts out of off my, of my books yeah. yeah no more it's not no on my men's menu cuts no perms no child's cut I love your children <laughs> but I'm not gonna cut their hair I cut I literally truly yeah when we were in the, in the salon I cut my knuckle off yep cutting this I remember that little baby's hair and the parent he was like the baby was sitting on he oh, wasn't man. even a I mean he was like two or something he was sitting on his dad's lap and just like freaking moving around yep. and I'm just like you know trying to bob and weave and not stab him in the eye Gosh, it's and so I hard. ended up cutting my knuckle off but the but the baby was sitting on the dad's lap so the dad like had like full a full visual of my knuckle Ugh. just coming off <laughs> and I was like I yanked my I'm hand like down my hand, I yanked my hand down and I was like I I'll be go. right back you totally kept your cool. And, and he like pretended like it didn't even happen. He was like, okay. And I'm like, you're like, you little... dude, you saw. Oh my God. You don't care. My knuckle come off. You don't care. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But Anyways. I actually cut a little kid's ear one time. <gasps> mm-hmm. You about... did? Yes. I cut a little kid's <laughs> ear one time. Oh my God. 
God. I'm like, no I more. Didn't know that. I'll tell people. I'll tell people. They're like, do you cut little kids hair? I'm like, Wait, I cut a little kid's why hair. Why don't I one remember time. that? I don't remember that. Did you cry? Did you cry? I totally cried. Crystal, I don't remember that. Yeah, I totally cried. <laughs> I would cry too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Trauma. Trauma I... to me and obviously trauma to him. But I'm like, never again. Like, I have shears in my hands. Mm-hmm. And and he was small. He didn't know. Like, he moved. You know, I didn't. Yeah. Obviously didn't cut it intentionally. But it yeah. was just one of those actions. Like, you have scissors in your hands next to a child's face. Like, right. no, man. Right. No. Well, and especially if, like, the vibe is not there. Like, there's some people who are blessed with the... You have to have a certain energy because mm-hmm. the kids can feel it. If mm-hmm. you don't want to do it... If you're nervous, they can smell it and they can feel it. And there's just people who are blessed with that energy to like calm a child down. Yeah. You know, especially when it's a little boy's haircut and mm-hmm. they want it short and it's like, I'm working with scissors. Here, all right, little Timmy, young... you better sit still. I won't take that ear off. Yeah. And then that makes them more scared too. Cause they're yeah. like, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, scary. it's a sharp tool. Oh my gosh. I forgot that happened. I think my brain put it out of my memory because it was just you know what so bad it was a small little cup it doesn't matter it Uh was the fact that I cut him there was this little boy gosh oh gosh I wish I could remember his name oh I know I know this story okay (laughs) if Jazz was here she would crack up (laughs) so (laughs) you're like Jazz can confirm the story if it we were at the Vale location when our, our salon the other salon that we used to work at it they opened another location it was in Vale and so I've always not liked doing kids cuts. Okay. So this mm-hmm. little boy comes in with his dad <laughs> and the dad is like, you can just tell the dad is pissed. He doesn't want to be there. The he mom got sent. He, he got, got sent. sent. Okay. And actually the mom had gotten her hair done and then okay. the dad and the son came in, you know, right before she was about to leave. And she was like, get, you know, his, the little boy's name was Troy. They're like, get Troy's hair done. <laughs> and the dad was just like, well, you know, yeah. So I'm in the back room. They're like, your kid's cut is here. And I'm like, what's his name? And, you know, I'm trying to bump myself up. And they're like, his name's Troy. Like, okay. So I'm like trying to put on a good attitude, okay? And I oh, walk, it takes hype. It I takes walk out into the lobby sure. and I'm like, is there a big Troy in the house? <laughs> <laughs> and the little boy just burst into tears and starts crying. So I'm like, is there a big, you know me, I'm like, is there a big Troy in the house? You know, trying to like make, make it light because I don't want to do it. And the kid obviously doesn't want to do it. He, he starts, starts crying. How old was and he? And the dad, he got, he had to have been like four or five. And the dad was like, not doing it. I'm not doing this. And so he, he, he walks walked out, out and I'm like, cool, peace out. And I went to the back and I was like, I don't got to do the cut. And we're all like, <laughs> it was hysterical. It was so funny. Um. That but yeah, that's too good. Gosh, man, those those kids guts. Okay, so anyways, he's back like, to you. this Troy is leaving the house. This big Troy is out. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Okay, so tell me, tell me about a time that you felt like you wanted to quit, and how did you push through that? Hmm. I don't know if there is ever a time where I felt like I wanted to quit completely. But I knew there was a time where I wanted to quit 
doing it how I was doing it, um, hmm. meaning uh, working at a commission-based yeah. salon. Yep. I was like, this is too much now. Mm-hmm. It's become too much. There were a lot of other issues that were happening as well. But yeah, that was at, at that five-year mark, that was like my burnout. So I didn't want to quit doing hair. I just wanted to quit doing hair there. And don't you feel, um, don't you feel like after we went to champ camp, that was something that, um, just sort of changed the trajectory of our careers in general, but also just sort of like gave us this enlightenment that we were like, you know, mm-hmm. we are looking, we were looking at our jobs, at our careers through a different lens. We're like, well, mm-hmm. hold on now. This math ain't mathing anymore. Cause we just went to this business seminar and really dove into our numbers. And, and now I'm totally, now I'm yes. like a little more, it, it, it goes beyond I'm passionate about doing people's hair. It goes beyond, well, what am I worth? What is my time worth now? And mm-hmm. I think when we initially got into the industry, I don't know. I'm I'm speaking for myself, but I was so um, th- very, I was so passionate about it. I couldn't even I couldn't even really fathom what kind of money I was going to make. Like I didn't. That wasn't even anything on my mind. Um, you weren't business savvy. We were not business. No, savvy. and I, we I really were just wasn't very into business the focused. Cur- yeah. Yes, exactly. It was more of a passion. And then coming back from New York Fashion Week, we it was all. I mean, we paid to do it. We weren't being paid to do it. Mm-hmm, and we were mm-hmm. happy to pay for it. Right. It was just like I'm. I wanted to live in the salon, like uh, you know. You were just having so much fun. I was having so much fun. We were learning so much. And not to say that I don't have fun anymore, but now it's like I I just feel like there's a different once once you get a better insight of the numbers and the business side of it, you just kind of your time's just worth a little bit more yeah. and you and you know, this the two and two passion and business can meet. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a whole other episode. Like yeah. Camp Camp 100%. is a whole other episode, which I was just thinking you should like reach out to them and see if they would be willing to. Lauren Gartland. Hi, Lauren the... Gartland. Will yeah. you come and talk to me? Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh, dude. I wish I was related to that woman. I swear. She's, <sighs> you can't She's a ever prepare anyone for her. She's mm-hmm. just truly She's one of a kind. A firecracker. A firecracker. And with just red firecracker hair. She is literally. She's a light. She lights up a room. She has, she is the Tony Robbins of the hair industry. Yes. She's beautiful. She's fun. She's awesome. She's a true light. She is. That's that's the only way I can describe her. Truly. She is. I love her. Mm -hmm. And Champ Camp is a must for any hairstylist. Any hairstylist. That's Mm -hmm. a whole other, truly a whole other podcast, but... Mm -hmm. I think we'll talk about that later. Well, and this segues into my next question, actually, perfectly. Is there, do you believe that there's a threshold of business that you should be doing before going out on your own? Yes, and it is champ camp. Okay. Do you think that, um, or just like, generally? Well, champ camp kind of enlightens you to like what that threshold is, is like what, um, what exactly did do you, you mean by threshold? Do you feel like you're, um, um, what the heck is it? Your, um, service ticket like needs to be, or not your service mm. ticket, your average ticket, average, what the fuck is it called? 
Average service ticket. Thank you. You're going to have to put an E on this episode. <laughs> explicit. It's explicit now. The, your average service ticket. Do you feel like that had to be at a certain, like, where did your numbers have to be before you were like, financially, I can do it. Like, I have this amount of guests. Like, what threshold of business did you feel or maybe you don't feel that way. Like yeah. what, how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah. That is different for everyone though. But because me and you went to champ camp twice mm-hmm. within the scope of two years, yeah. I believe. So the first time we went to champ camp, my numbers were, I was a very new stylist. So my numbers were not where they needed to be, but it opened my eyes to see where they did need to be. I wasn't that far off, but when I, when we went to champ camp again, a couple years later, they were where they needed to be. Right. And that's the cool thing about Champ Camp is like they look at you individually. It's not like, yes, there's an industry standard, but it's not like, oh, your average ticket has to be 200. Right. It just has to be where you need it to be, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, because yeah, I guess everybody's service prices are different. Yeah. So, so you can be in the top 1% or the top 10% of service industry standards, but like, you can be at the top 10% with someone whose haircut prices are $75. Even, sorry, even if your haircut price is $50. It's just based on percentages. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Well, and I guess too, like going off on your own, it really depends on what, what it costs for you to like live. Like you, totally. pers- you personally, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe your husband, you know, brings home the bacon and you just like want a spot of your own. It doesn't, you don't have to make a certain amount per year. Right. You just have to be profiting. You just have to be profiting at you some, at some level. Profit. You, you have to be able to like buy your products and like pay your rent. Yeah. You know? And then hopefully there's some left over, but mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be just on a whim like oh I have ten dollars left over mm-hmm. this week cool I mean maybe that can work for some people but mm-hmm. that's great okay so how did you handle the process of creating your own business like what did you do to keep organized <laughs> what how did you, you every day yeah we cried okay <laughs> no really I how called did you keep you your head on your shoulders <laughs> by calling you and talking to you because you had done it before me yeah and making sure um that I had all the licensing, that I had all of the mm-hmm. legal stuff taken care of mm-hmm. first. Um, and just, you know, with a notebook, you have to, you do have to stay organized, get yourself, if you're going to go off independent, you know, save all of your receipts, get yourself a folder to save all of the receipts, mark down what's most important, which would be um, making sure your license is up to date, getting a salon license through your state board, mm-hmm. getting your business name um, your trade name situated with the state secretary of state with mm-hmm. the secretary of state. Yeah. And then getting your business license. Those are the most important. After that, you can focus on like how you want or like insurance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those things. After that, you can focus on how you want your, your suite to look, but it's not just about that. That's like the icing on top. Yep. The, that's the, that's what you get to post on Instagram and like yes. flex about, but everything else the you know what's inside of the cake isn't what's photographed it's like the icing on the outside right nobody sees until you like cut into the cake you know it's really pretty and it's really fun Mm -hmm. and it's really aesthetic but what's not aesthetic is 
Import. You got you got to beat those eggs up. You got to like yep. mix yeah. everything. Yep. It yeah. takes a lot of hard work to put. Hey, queen of analogies. Is, oh my gosh, <laughs> I do like In the I cake love of business. Yep, I love analogies. Yeah, it's not true. Fun stuff. It's it's really you know putting the icing on the cake. Like yeah, it's a little bit challenging. You got to think about where you want to place everything, but it is the easiest thing to do. It's like the the cake is like what take you gotta you know mix everything together you gotta measure everything you gotta Mm -hmm. taste you gotta make sure it's you know you can have a pretty cake but if you're you can have a pretty you know outside of the cake but if the cake you cut into that and it don't taste (laughs) good cake tastes like shit all right now now an e is definitely going on this episode (laughs) what type of appointments do you get excited for when you see them on your books that was some of these questions in here are from instagram people kendall were like, kendall is that your question <laughs> no this isn't from kendall I, I forget who it's from that's a really good question you know what i can do balayages in my sleep now because i love i truly love balayages so much i think i have i have mastered that because i i just love them so much and i get a lot of them but you know what lately for me, it has been a full traditional highlight I, that gets me so excited. I agree. Same. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the repetition. Methodical. Yeah. Just like... Um, the foil. It just is... You just get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I it's agree. kind of like therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's so rep- repetitious. That's... Yes. And just the satisfaction when you pull that foil out and you see it like even and bright and you're just like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh this is gonna look like it grows out of their head like Mm -hmm. this it can also be a very terrifying thing to open the foil and see it orange after all that work and it's been sitting for 30 minutes you're just like (sighs) right you're walking out a level six and you're gonna be sad (laughs) but (laughs) You don't want bacon hair, man. Yeah, but come back and we can do this again. And come back. Next at, time it will be brighter. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to feel good. Yeah. Okay. What's the worst mistake you've made in a salon and how did you correct it slash learn from it? I've made a lot of mistakes. Same. But the most kind of recent one that made me lose sleep a little bit over. like it humbles you especially like even when you're out on yeah. your own you know nobody is perfect and it's a constant learning so mm-hmm. yes continue yes what happened the, the quote-unquote mistakes or mess-ups happen way less frequently now like yeah, right way less frequently. but when they happen it's humbling but when they happen it's humbling. Down to earth. so one of my clients i i hope she listens to this because we both know her uh-huh <laughs> she um she is an extension client and she wanted her extensions longer. And so oh. she went to buy, okay. you know, her longer extensions and I put them in. And, um, I knew that she was like a little bit worried about them looking fake yeah. and too long. So I accidentally cut them too short and you know how expensive extensions mm-hmm. are. And I thought it looked good, but but she was she gave it like a day and she was not happy with she's like i paid for this length like i wanted the length yes and And your mind was your mind held on to it needs to look natural yeah she was worried that it was going to look fake and and Mm. not natural so i did i did cut them and and um but i cut them too short and so i was like you know what 
I messed up. So, and if, if you're not happy with them, granted the extensions looked good. They just were not as long as she wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not the point, right? It, the point is that she wasn't happy with it and she was completely justified in that. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to buy you new extent your your new long extensions like and i just put them in and i trimmed off the fairy like the <laughs> and i ain't <laughs> i'm I gonna put these 22s in, in your hair yeah. and you're like, gonna have 22s <laughs> you have 21 in a three fourths just dusted the ends and sent her on her way i'm like look yeah. i'm gonna make this right because that's see that's what it's about happy. that's what mm-hmm. it's about is within reason and right and it was reasonable I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I and I agree. I think that that was the right move. I think you were not a lot of hairdressers would do that. They'd, you know, it's one thing. It's like, look, I messed up. You know, I messed up. I know I messed up. I'm going to make it right. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet and you probably dropped a couple hundred dollars on, you know, yeah. more extensions. But yeah, she will trust you forever now. Yeah. And she was very she, grateful. I'm sure like she honors that about you. And two, you can sleep better at night you don't have it's not a story Mm -hmm. that you tell like trying to justify yourself or trying to like you know you're just like this is the mistake I made I own it and I corrected it and that's Mm -hmm. that yeah that's really cool that's what it's about truly I can sleep peacefully knowing that I I handled it with integrity yep and she's still my client to this day and she's wonderful let's talk about working in salon life versus as an independent what are the highs and lows of salon life and this can be like just a quick rattle off it doesn't have to be like a you know Mm -hmm. what are the highs and lows of working in salon life and versus the highs and lows of working as an independent stylist highs and lows of salon life when it comes to a commission salon I would say for me um the education aspect of it when I graduated beauty school and went right into a salon. I was just really happy that 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 salon offered a ton of education. Um, And the teamwork and camaraderie were really good for me in the beginning. Um, And the lows was the low is like any work situation. You can eventually feel um, overworked and underappreciated. Mm hmm. Okay, and then what about as an independent stylist? As an independent stylist, the highs, oh my gosh, so many highs. Just making your own schedule to top it off. Um, being in control of your space. Um, seeing, you know, truly being able to work less and make more, which is yeah. absolutely incredible. Like, I didn't even need to raise my prices through the roof. I think I've only raised my prices once and maybe it's been like a $5 raise and I'm working less and making more than I did um, at a commission salon. And I always tell people, for me at least, because they ask, you know, is it expensive to be on your own? And yes, it is. But for me, it was actually more expensive to work for someone in a commission salon. God, that's than it is so true for myself because it is the percentage of what they're taking. You're, you're basically dude. It's fifty. It's basically at the end of the day, fifty percent. Oh, more than that. 
Yeah. It's more than that. And then Dude, yeah, that taxes. is such a good point. It it, it does cost more cost to more work in a, to work for somebody because yeah, there's a lot of benefits like you get education and you you arrive and it's all done for you and you know this and that, but you pay for that. Yeah, it's you pay taken for that. it's taken out of your out of your It's check. just worded differently. Uh-huh. Like when you're independent, you're paying for rent, you're paying for color, you're paying taxes. Mm-hmm. But when you work for someone and they take out, you know, 60 plus percent sometimes. Because that not only are they taking out, because, okay, when you're working for yourself, you're taking out what you need to purchase to to make a make a profit Mm -hmm. when they take it out they're they're taking out the chunk that they need to purchase product plus they're taking out their cut for sure yeah Mm -hmm. so it's actually well for me in my case it was more expensive to work Mm -hmm. in a commission salon than work for myself dang Um, that's a good point i didn't think about that i didn't think about it like that yeah the lows um do you feel lonely do you ever feel lonely as an independent stylist? No. Me either. I never feel lonely. <laughs> Me either. I never, ever, ever feel I think lonely. that that was like the the one thing that's like, everybody is like, oh, you're by yourself and... You're not though. You're with your client. Mm-hmm. And like... Yeah. That's where the focus should be. That's where the focus I'm should be. I'm constantly surrounded by like love. I, yes. I love all my guests. Yes. And you're right down the hallway. I think that, mm. it, that you know, there's it's nice to form camaraderie with other business owners yeah. versus, well, I, I mean, kind of versus the camaraderie that you form in a salon setting. It feels, a, it's different. It feels a little more catty if I'm being transparent. Um, there's a lot more competition. Not, I don't even know. I just didn't feel like, com- I don't know. I don't, I, not at the beginning. I didn't I feel, I feel like not competitive ever. Like, but I mean, I am a competitive person, but I, it's, I never like felt like I was competing. I almost felt like I was on, I was on a team, but then when somebody wasn't like holding their end up, it would, that would put a strain, put a strain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of like upset me a little bit. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I was yeah, that makes sense. trying to be better than it was like, we all need to be at this level or I'm going to get pissed off, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like, well, we were used down. to working, um, like that in the beginning uh-huh. when everyone was kind of at the same level, not yeah, at the same level. It, it, like when the engine is running wise. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were like going, going, we were being educated, educated, and then bringing on onboarding new people. That was hard for me. I, but if, if I could go back and like tell myself, I, I don't know, I think maybe I, wish I would have had a little more grace and been a little more like inviting and mm. like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The more people you bring on them, it makes more it harder. Changes. It makes it harder. But anyways, I guess what, yeah, what I'm trying to say is like the camaraderie between, between people in the salon that you work with versus the camaraderie you form with other business owners, business owners in a, um, salon suite, suite mm-hmm. it's completely different because nobody's trying to tell you what to do mm-hmm. here nobody's trying to like everyone's in their own world and what they do doesn't affect you yeah i like it like that me too selfishly i guess i guess that makes me that's that's the point i think of an i mean it doesn't make stylist. me selfish but it feels a little selfish to say that yeah because well, you can put I don't your have focus to worry on your about, clients, which is the most important i don't have to worry about somebody else making me look mm-hmm. a certain way yes yeah 
because you are the receptionist. You are the janitor. I have to worry about the interaction. Yeah, like the the front desk interaction. uh, If like it was like a bad interaction, Mm -hmm. it's a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't get lonely. Yeah. But I'm also an introvert. So the one-on-one is good for me. So what advice do you have for somebody that wants to make the pivot out of salon life but feels too scared to do it? Know your numbers because it's true that knowledge is power Mm -hmm. when it comes to that because you have to be aware you're going to have to run a business. Yes, it's just going to be you, but you're going to have to run a business and numbers are important in business. They're everything Um, and just know what you make um go to champ camp oh yeah go to champ Camp. you can go if you have the opportunity to go to champ camp that will that will diminish a lot of fear but also talk to people who have done it before you Mm -hmm. um i know people who have left commission salons that have you know reached out to me and asked um how i did it and that's great you should do that you should know because i did that with you i asked you so many questions yeah um and i did it too i you know there was people who had gone before me that I, yeah. you know, bugged them with a ton of questions and, yeah. you know, they were happy to guide me and help me. It's, it's becomes, it's different because the people who have, who have pivoted out of salon life know what you're trying to get out of. And it's like, mm-hmm. let me help you let me because help you. it is, it seems scary, but it is on the other side. <sighs> worth it. So oh, worth it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, find yeah. someone that you trust that is successful, um, that has gone through a tax season. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh, ask good, them all the questions. Good point, yeah. Ask all the questions. And if you don't have those people, reach out to me and Sydney. Yeah, 100%. We'll help 100%. You. Okay, and last question. What are your goals for the new year or a goal that you have? Ooh. It doesn't have to be business. It can be anything. Um, my goal for the new year is to lean more into further education again because um, just for the past couple of years, it's been hard to get in-person education and I miss going to conventions in Vegas. Oh, and yeah, baby. Heck just yeah. stuff like that. It's a, it's a really cool vibe um, and it's really, really fun and it's always benefited me. So leaning more into further education in person, further education and... I'm going to pay off my car Woo! next year. Heck yeah, man. Um, Congratulations. I had to get a new car a couple years ago, but it's okay. Before before my original payoff date, so that's good. That's incredible. Those yeah. are good goals. I'm excited. I'm excited for 2024. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. And I want to thank you for taking the third time to be here with me i hope this time is good third time's a charm so third time's a charm Mm -hmm. i know that this information is going to help somebody so i am grateful that you were willing to sit and talk with me and potentially change somebody's life because Mm. of this conversation so seriously thank you so much and welcome it's doable anyone out there who's listening it's totally doable i'm like the most timid person when it comes to taking risks and this was one that I have never ever regretted yeah I love you I love you too thanks for having me